Mother's Day ought to be one of the most celebrated holidays of all time and around the entire world, in my humble opinion. Because what a mother does in the course of raising her brood actually shapes the character of every child in this world. Who that child is and what that child becomes as an adult is established in infancy and in the toddler years. And it's time we sort through all the madness and the mirth of what it really means to be a mother. You're listening to Unity Without Compromise. This is Dr. Steve LaTulip, and it is an absolute pleasure to speak to you on this topic today as we commemorate one of God's most precious institutions of all humanity. More than ever, what we need is to get back to uh, a God movement in this country and in the world. The more I see things unfold, the more persuaded I am to speak boldly and plainly the biblical truths that have been so lost in all the madness of our sin-tainted world. And America has become a big part of that evil, and we must turn it around if we are going to make America great, if we are going to restore our free republic. And I would submit to you today that it is going to take the work of mothers as being mothers in every sense of what God intended motherhood to be. And that's what I'd like to share with you today. Now, if you as a mother are believing some of the devilish lies that are associated with motherhood, you're going to forfeit one of the greatest blessings you could ever know. And I really want to drive that point home today. The point that I'm making is that God really does have a specific design for motherhood. And there are some things that if women choose to follow, as they become a mother, they are going to be blessed in an incredible way. Now, let me state this from the beginning. Motherhood is not a woman's highest calling. And I say that because we are told to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's Matthew 6.33, and that is the highest calling for men and women. What's the greatest commandment of all? In fact, when that question was asked, Jesus, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's found in Luke chapter 10, verse 27. That is the highest calling of both men and women. And I might as well say it also because uh, not everybody is capable of being a mother among women. Now, we know that men cannot be women. Men do not have a uterus. Men cannot have children, regardless of what you might be told. But I'm speaking about celibacy also. Celibacy is a gift, and it also is not the highest calling or the lowest calling. It is simply an option. And the Apostle Paul said, it is good to remain single as I am, that you might serve the kingdom. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 7. He speaks about that 
And in that passage, he also gives other reasons, such as persecution, for being a reason why you might want not to marry and remain celibate. But that is not the topic that I want to discuss today. Today, I am specifically talking about defending motherhood and explaining what it is. Now, God, at the very outset of his creation of mankind, said, be fruitful and multiply. Genesis 1.28. To be fruitful and to multiply means that women must have children. And we are told in Psalm 127, verse 3, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. And that means that motherhood, in all of what it is, is a blessing. But it is also a very great responsibility, and it's one that should not be ignored, should not be taken lightly, and certainly should not be condemned or perverted, as we are seeing happen right now. As it stands today, we are still celebrating motherhood, although Mother's Day is being directly challenged in many ways. I mean, you can just imagine what they will call it. Motherhood must be racist or uh, sexist or some other way detrimental and harmful. And they would have to tell you that because what better way to destroy a nation than to destroy the sanctity of motherhood as an institution and that of marriage. And of course, that's exactly what they are trying to do. And therefore, I want to contend for it in no small way today. Mothers, all of you out there who are doing your best to raise your children to be a mother, you are a blessed person. And you have a tremendous responsibility. And for that, we really want to honor you today. Now, if we take a look at the exhortations and the guidelines, the instructions that we are given in the scriptures, we see that a mother has a very unique role in this world. And I would say, and I have said before, that In my opinion, mothers truly do rule the world because they shape the minds of children. They develop the character that is in fruition, in its formation, in the formative years of early childhood, when that child is becoming what that child is going to be, mothers are there to develop it, to nurture it, to bring out the best in that child. And mothers are given instructions in the Bible that absolutely should not be ignored. Now, one of these is found in Titus chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. And so train the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be self-controlled, pure or chaste, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Now, 
many of you might be feeling a little bit uncomfortable when you actually read the words of scripture. And to that, I say, remember who created you. It was the Lord God himself who created this world, who created men and women. And in that creation, yes, he did establish rules and guidelines and roles for men and women because of our distinct sexuality, meaning that there are males and there are females, and females have been created in such a way that they would flourish by following a few rules that God has given them, and likewise for men. So what we need to do is follow God's design. And the older women, that's in verse 3 of Titus 2, are told to instruct the young women and to encourage them, admonish them to love their husbands. Now, that is where motherhood begins, because if a woman does not love her husband, uh, the chance of her having a child and being happy about it is not going to be very good. So it's very important for a woman to be committed to her husband fully. And of course, the opposite applies with men as well. But women are told to love their husbands and to love their children. Now, a natural woman instinctively has a love for her child, unless somehow the character of that woman has been perverted or distorted. And we have to consider that that is a real possibility in this world. Not every woman makes a good mother. And there are reasons for it. We do live in a broken world. But if your heart is in the right place, women, you are going to live by God's design. Because in so doing, you will receive the greatest blessing that you could possibly receive from being a mother. And that is critical to the development of a home, to the development of society and a nation and the world. So when Titus, in the book of Titus, Paul instructs the older women to train younger women how to be mothers, we ought to pay attention to that. They are told to love their children and to be self-controlled, to have the wisdom to know when to speak, to know how to speak, to know when not to speak, and to know how to act properly. There's so much that is involved in being self-controlled, and they are told to be pure. That means to remain committed to one man in a loving sexual relationship and to not go beyond that. And of course, that is poo-pooed in this day and age. In fact, we are finding more and more couples choosing not to marry, not to remain committed to one man. And there is a price to be paid in that circumstance. But the women who are pure, who remain committed to one man, are capable of being the best of all possible mothers. Paul also mentions that they are to be working at home. And that's a very important thing uh, that I think needs to be discussed because there's a tremendous amount of confusion as to 
what a woman's role should, should be as far as work goes. And I think I'll discuss that uh, at some length because I want to clear, clear up all the confusion about that, especially in this day and age when so many women are working outside of the home. But getting back to Titus chapter 2, Paul says, work at home, teach them to work at home, to be kind and submissive to their own husbands. Now, that's another hard thing. How does a woman submit to a man? You know, this guy that you married wasn't all that you expected him to be after a few years of marriage. And it might be just after the first month of marriage, you realize that you've married uh, this uh, less than perfect human being. But there's a very explicit purpose for a woman being submissive to her own husband. And it, Paul says that the word of God may not be blasphemed. And when you blaspheme the word of God, it means that you negate it, you ridicule it and mock it. And of course, we see that happening every which way in our present day. But when you do that, you're rebelling against God. You are going against his design. And every time we do that, we pay a horrible price. Just look at our nation right now as we have fallen from God. Also in the Old Testament, in Proverbs 22, 6, uh, many of you might know this verse. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, the training up of a child is very much a responsibility of the mother. It, it, the mother does not have the only responsibility. By all means, a father has it also. But a woman who is a mother has capabilities to train a child. Uh, we're not just talking about potty training here. We are talking about teaching that child the values of a, a highly moral and ethical life, uh, having a capability to be able to thrive, to make the world a better place, and then to one day become a parent themselves and perpetuate a healthy family that perpetuates a healthy society. If you do not train up a child in the way he should go, then the child will go in the direction that he himself has chosen. And since the Bible says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, a child left to their own means is going to be severely handicapped and will likely end up in prison or in some other trouble or not capable of taking care of himself or herself. So that nurturing, that training up is so critically important that mothers simply cannot, must not ignore that fact that they are essential as mothers to give the guidance of a child as that child is growing up. And if a child is given instruction when he is old, he will not depart from it and he will be blessed by it. Well, how do you go about doing that? How do you exactly exhort and from what sources do you encourage a child to be everything that they can be? Well, there's lots of resources, but first and foremost should be the Bible, plain and simple. In the Old Testament, in the book of Deuteronomy, after the Israelites were rescued from slavery in Egypt, and they were given the commandments of God, first of all, the Ten Commandments, and then other instructions. We are told in Deuteronomy chapter 6, 
in verses 6 and 7 the importance of teaching your children the ways of God. And I quote, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. In other words, flood your home with the words of God. The words of God are instruction for life. And mothers should teach them diligently with all their heart, with all their effort, teach your children the ways of God. And talk about them when you're sitting around the house, when you've got that little toddler in your lap, you have an opportunity to speak to them about the greatness of God, about how God provides for us, sustains us, cares for us, loves us. And then you demonstrate that through your own behavior, mothers. We are told that you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They should be as frontless between your eyes. That means that that is the foremost thing on your mind. When you are raising children, ask yourself, am I raising these children to be useful for God's purpose? Because our whole purpose in this world is to glorify God in whatever way we choose to live our lives. And God has given us great freedom in that. And every child has their strengths and their weaknesses, their natural tendencies to like or dislike certain things. They will choose a path in life, a career. And if you have raised them properly and shown them that their life is to be committed to God, they are going to likely accomplish some really awesome things. And when your children accomplish awesome things, that is a feather in your cap, mothers. You have set the stage for your children. Nothing is more important in the home than the nurturing character of a mother. What we are told in Deuteronomy, this book of Moses, that God's word should be on your lips they should be on your mind. They should be on your heart with a fervent commitment to live them and to teach them. They should be written on the walls of your house forever before you, lest you forget. And if you forget God's words, then you will certainly forget to teach them to your children. Now, Moses in this writing, this is not talking about setting up idols all over the house, statues of saints, uh, even crosses, uh, whatever, that's not what he is talking about. And in fact, we are told not to worship any object. We know from Scripture that saints are all Christians. And so we got to be very careful about abusing this, because what Moses is talking about is teaching your children the words of Scripture. Now, it doesn't mean you can't have paintings on the wall, pictures of meaningful Bible events. I think that is helpful. 
Um, I remember um, a great friend of mine who gave me a painting of Jesus sitting on the hill looking down upon Jerusalem. And this was a, a painting based on a scripture passage in Luke chapter 13, verse 37. Uh, it says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you are not willing. Now, that picture always reminded me of that passage of scripture, and it was a reminder of God's comfort and God's protection. He wants good things for us. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to have peace and harmony in our lives, peace of mind, good health. And God has given us so much instruction. And if we pay attention to that and teach that to our children, you can just imagine how happy they will be. Perhaps a picture uh, uh, representing Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And now those words are forever comforting and essential to us because everybody's going through something. And we are just now beginning to face hard times in America. And I think it's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better, depending, of course, on what we do with our lives and on whether or not we turn back to God. Mothers, do you have a copy of the Ten Commandments in your home? Because that is so basic on how to live. The Ten, ten Commandments were once in every school in America, but they've been taken away. The Bible should always be front and center in every aspect of your children's lives. The Bible should be elevated over all other books, how many little children's books do we have? Nursery rhymes, little children's stories. But where is the Bible in that? Has that been elevated above all the other books? Have you taught your children that the Bible is the greatest and the best book in the whole world? I hope so. And if not, please teach them that important, valuable point. You see, a good mother is such a blessing to her husband, to her family, and to the world. And what exactly constitutes a good mother? Let's think about that. The attributes of a good mother involves a number of things. First, perhaps, is comfort. We read in the book of Isaiah, in the last chapter, chapter 66, verse 13, there is a quote there, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. Now, there's a basic principle of motherhood there. Mothers are designed by God to be comforters. A good mother gives physical and emotional comfort like no other. Even dying children and dying adults ask for their mothers. Mommy, mommy, I want my mommy. They weren't comforted in the worst times of their lives. I have known of so many husbands in my medical practice who faced risks and dangers every day because of the, the duties of their job. They would find solace and comfort in their wife's embrace. 
you see every little boy and every little girl and every big boy and every big girl needs the comforting care of a mother. Mothers are precious because they comfort. They also offer protection. We read of a person in the Old Testament. This is recorded in the book of Exodus, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as a wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. This was Jochebed, the mother of Moses, and she did all that she could to protect her son, her newborn son Moses, when the order was given to kill, to kill every firstborn male, or excuse me, every male in the family. A mother protects her children, even at the risk of her own life. It's a beautiful attribute of a good mother. Mothers have an inborn nature to nurture, and nurturing entails meeting a child's every single need for food, for clothing, for education, for emotional stability, and yes, for spiritual guidance. Mothers who are Nurturing are tuned into every single need that their children have. They try to give them good nourishing food, not junk food. They provide for them and give them what is healthy. They clothe them so that they are comfortable and not cold. They educate them, taking on the responsibility to see that they learn the things that they should learn. Every good mother today should be really questioning whether or not to place their child in a public school, knowing that they will get anything but an education. These are hard times. And if it's at all possible, mothers, do educate your children, take every opportunity. And provide for them the emotional stability that comes from this nurturing of motherhood. A mother calms her child when they are hurt, consoles them when they are grieving, when they are distressed. And mothers give them spiritual guidance by simply teaching them the ways of God. It is so important. Children need instruction. In Proverbs, in the Old Testament, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 and 9 we hear Solomon writing, hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Instruction comes from a good mother. It is an attribute of every good mother that they teach their children. They also have compassion. There is nothing, in my opinion, that exceeds the compassion that a mother has for her child on this earth. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 15, we read, Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? 
I have seen mothers and read stories of mothers whose sons, whose children became murderers and were, were declared to be put to death by capital punishment. And they grieved and they acknowledged, I know my son has done an evil, but I can't help but love that son who lived inside of me for nine months in my womb. I raised him, I nurtured him, and I grieve that this is what he has become. A woman can never forget her nursing child. A woman who loves her children always has compassion on the son of her womb. And in order to be protective, comforting, nurturing, instructive, and compassionate, a mother must, above all things, be a living example. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 16, verse 44, we find the little proverb, and so many proverbs actually come from the Bible, but here it is, like mother, like daughter. Now, those were my dad's words when he was raising me. Steve, he said, if you want to, to know what a woman is going to be like when she grows up, or when she gets older, just look at her mother and you'll know. And there was a lot of wisdom in that because it is true. A good mother will shape her daughter to hopefully have similar good maternal attributes. And when I think of my own wife and I think of the words like mother, like daughter, all I can say is, oh, yeah. My mother-in-law, Charlene, was an incredible woman with a gentle spirit, quick to listen, quick to comfort, nurture, always having words of compassion and understanding and I admired her, and I can't tell you how many hundreds and hundreds of times I thanked her for giving me such a daughter as would be likened to her. Thank you, Charlene. There's a great song out there. It's a country song called No Charge, sung beautifully by Tammy Wynette. And let me just challenge you to, to listen to that song and see if you can actually listen to that song without tears welling up in your eyes. I really dare you to do that because that song really expresses the absolute power of motherhood. A gentle spirit, softly spoken, consistent and stable, and a willingness to sacrifice self. That is what motherhood is all about. I'm going to take a short pause and return momentarily. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, povidone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code out loud and get 20% off. The pandemic may be over for some. But millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein. 
from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve Latula. Today I'm discussing the critical aspects of motherhood and I want to defend motherhood and sort through the madness and the mirth. I have discussed today God's design for motherhood and sadly that has been so greatly put aside in our country that many mothers are forgetting what it means to be a mother. And for that reason, I really pulled heavily from the Bible today to establish God's design for motherhood based on truth, simple truths of Scripture. Remember that we are created by God, we are designed by God, and when God says, this is what I created woman for, a woman who follows that design is an incredible asset not only to her husband and her children, but to the entire world. And for that reason, I say that mothers really do rule the world. And I wish we would recognize that and give them the credit do that. The attributes of a good mother include comfort and protection and nurturing. They instruct their children. They always show compassion. And they themselves are a living example of graciousness and kindness and gentleness. They have a gentle spirit. They are consistent and stable in their teaching, in their discipline, and in every aspect of nurturing and raising up a child, training the child so that when they are old, they will not depart from that good instruction. Well, remember that my show is aired on Saturdays and Sundays at 5 p.m. Eastern time. And please do go to americaoutloud.com to access my articles, which oftentimes complement my radio show, but which deal with, uh, deals with various topics that I think are crucial to raising up a Christian family, to being a Christian person, and thereby hopefully saving your country by your words and your actions. 
We have a great team of leaders and speakers of truth. We are contenders of the faith and contenders of the Constitution. And I hope you will share that with everyone. Well, let's get back to it. Now, I've talked about the absolute wonders, the great attributes of motherhood and the importance of following God's design. But let's just spend a few moments and look at the ugliness of all the maternal counterfeits that we are seeing in this day and age. We see so many ways how mothers are now being attacked and misled by empty promises. We first have to deal with the LGBTQIA plus movement that has tried to discredit in every way possible the mighty work of God. And what the LGBT movement, the sexual perversion movement does is it destroys children. And that's the real travesty of it all. Because if we have a generation of lost children, we have no hope for our nation. We will fall, we will crumble, and we will suffer like never before. And that has happened throughout history. So we ought to pay attention to how important it is to expose those counterfeits that tell us motherhood is no virtue. Motherhood can be accomplished by men who think that they want to be females. This is just a blatant lie, and we have to recognize it. And while the LGBTQIA movement tries to discredit the great works of God's design, we have a duty to destroy the credibility of the sexual perversion movement. Call it what it is. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be afraid of it. Unfortunately, drag queens have replaced the Ten Commandments in many schools. Marxism, through critical race theory, now teaches children that they are guilty either of being born white or guilty of feeling entitled, told that they are the higher child because of a dark skin color. Now, those are both deceiving lies. We were all created in the image of God. We came from one man and one woman originally, Adam and Eve, and then after the great flood, only eight people survived, Noah, his three sons, and all of their wives, eight people from which all who live on the planet today derived their origin from. Every human child has value, regardless of color or race. We are of one origin, and therefore, we must expose this heresy, these lies that destroy our children and destroy us. This overwhelming push for transgenderism it, this is just plain stupidity. It defies every, every law of science. It defies all the laws of common sense. A man simply cannot be a woman. I cannot, in my greatest attempts, be what my wife is to my children. The nurturer that she is, 
I am just not capable, no matter how hard I try. I am not a woman, and a woman likewise cannot be a man, no matter how hard she might try. You see, you have no choice in your sex. So get over it, people. If you think you can, you're deceived. Because no matter what you think, and no matter what you are told, no matter how you cut and paste your body, you are still either a male or a female. You are exactly what you were at birth. You were a boy or a girl. Now, this is basic science, elementary science, yet all of the top medical centers now are pushing the transgender uh, agenda. This is horrible. All of the top medical journals say, sure, there are more than one than two sexes, except they call them genders uh, to confuse the issue. All of the top scientists, not all of them, but many are saying, yes, you, we can make you, we can turn you into a woman. If you look in a mirror and you don't feel comfortable or you feel unstable around guys and you want to become a woman, oh, sure, sure. We'll lop off your male genitalia, do some magical surgery, which is far from magic. It's nothing but mutilation of the body. But they, they will lie to you and they will deceive you because of their own sin. And that has to be recognized for what it is, because they simply cannot turn you into a man or a woman, the opposite sex that you were born with. It just cannot happen. So the deceitfulness of the LGBT, uh, LGBT movement has to be confronted and viciously opposed it is an abomination before god the bible says so many times that that there that god created us male and female and there was a plan for a man to be joined to a woman and thereby procreate it cannot happen any other way that's just basic science so please understand that there's all kinds of counterfeits. Now, there's another more subtle con counterfeit, and we've seen it through the years, and we've actually seen people um, distort this, and that, and that pertains to the working mom. Now, let's just make it very clear that the working mother is just a fact of life, because whether a mother's working in the home or outside of the home, mothers work. And working outside of the home is not condemned at all in the Bible. In fact, just the opposite is told us. If you read the, uh, the virtuous woman passage in Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 to 31, um, we see that a woman has a lot of responsibilities that takes her outside of the home. But let's also not make the Bible say what we want it to say because we want to pursue our careers for selfish gain to, or to make a lot of money to nurture our own instabilities. Mothers, we must recognize, and fathers, that Scripture also teaches that the keeping of the home is the first priority of motherhood. So in those years when you are raising children, the home is the first priority, whatever that means. 
And it behooves you to really read in the scriptures what is meant by that, because otherwise you will be deceived. And in fact, you read in the virtuous woman passage in Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 27, it states right there, she watches over the ways of her household. That is a top priority for every mother. Now, if you are unable to have children, if you are unmarried, go for it. That does not apply to you because you are not a mother. But if you choose to be a mother, or even if you did not choose to be a mother, but find yourself in that position, realize what God has said. The fruit of the womb is his reward, and children are a heritage from the Lord. There's an incredible blessing in motherhood. However, being a mother does not, does not exclude working outside the home. We see, for example, Lydia, the seller of purple cloth, who apparently was a seamstress and, and made cloth. Now, we know nothing about Lydia with regard to it, whether or not she was older, if she had children, if she was married or unmarried. We just don't have the facts there. We also see in the Old Testament, Deborah, who was a military general. And likewise, we have no recording of whether or not she had children. But I would surmise that Deborah, who was going to lead the Israelite soldiers into battle, didn't have children at home. She was not likely nursing a newborn babe or an infant. But let's make it very clear. No scripture exists that forbids a mother working outside the home. But we must also harmonize all of scripture because the home and keeping the home is a first priority of a mother. Moms, you just cannot be in two places at once. It's just that simple. There's a time and a place for everything. And managing the home is a woman's priority when she is a mother. You have to see that the Bible picture that is painted for women is one of a helpmate, a partner who helps to make the home a unit, a cohesive entity that strengthens the household. Another lie or deception is that the woman is to be the head of the household. She is not. That is not God's plan. Hollywood portrays dads now as idiots, as complete bumbleheads that don't know anything, that are, are complete imbeciles, clowns and buffoons. Uh, but that's not what a husband is supposed to be. A husband is designated by God to be the head of the family, and there are no exceptions to that rule. But husbands are to act as head servants, not tyrants. In Ephesians 5, 22 and verse 23, we read, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. Now, if you have a problem with that, you have a problem with God's design, and you are handicapped if you do not accept that. 
It does not mean you are of less value, of less importance, quite the opposite. But you do have a role according to God's design. Remember, for the husband is head of the wife as Christ also was head of the church. Now, Christ was a blessing to the church in every way. Do you get that message? Husbands, you should be a blessing to your wife and to your children. Now, even if we go into the perverted world of sex and we see lesbian unions, which the Bible declares an abomination, you see in those cases that one woman... One partner is dominant. She plays the role of the male and the other is submissive. Hmm. Kind of interesting, right? That there is that role, even when it is perverted, sexually perverted. Submission does not mean cowardice. It does not mean sheepishness. It does not mean that you're of any less value as a human being. It simply means following God's design for marriage. We are told to submit to each other in love as husband and wife, as Christians. We are told to submit to a righteous government, to submit to godly leaders, to submit to leaders in the church, the elders. And ultimately, we are all commanded to submit to God. Submission is not an evil thing. It is a good thing. It shows honor. It shows grace. And it yields peace. Peace in the home. Joy in the home. Joy in the church, in society, in the world. I should take just a minute and remind fathers. Fathers, you do have a role in the family as well. As the head of the family, one of your chief roles is that of supporting the mother of your children. We have a charge from God to love our wives, just as Christ loved the church. That does not mean berate them, insult them, bully them, or dominate them. Being the head does not mean being the head tyrant. It means being the head in leading by a godly example, just the way Christ, Jesus, when he walked this earth, led by example every aspect of his life. Well, how do you support your wife? It's very easy if your heart is there. Be creative. Be spontaneous. Be unpredictable. When your wife says something, even something negative, she knows how you're likely to respond. Change it up. Be unpredictable. Say something positive. Bring her a flower. Tell her how much you appreciate even the fact that she can correct you when you're wrong and support her in every way you possibly can. That's the important thing. You know, it's not a sin to help wash the dishes or bathe the kids. It's not a sin to babysit your kids, fathers, because you have a role in raising those children as well. The father who is absent from the home produces horrible, horrible things in both boys and girls as they grow up. So you obviously are being told lies as well from the world. Don't be a brute. 
but also don't be a wimpy little coward like they are trying to make men now, effeminizing us uh, beyond all recognition. Be a real man. Learn when to be a lion, such as going against a rogue government, such as when somebody is threatening your home, the safety of your children, by all means, be a lion. But learn to also be a lamb, as Jesus Christ even was the sacrificial lamb who could speak gently to children and to women. He was never a bully. He was the perfect man. Learn from Jesus Christ. Take the pledge to support your wife's role as mother of your children. That's what it means to be the head servant of your household. Lead by example. And let's face it. Do you want to give your wife a beautiful Mother's Day gift? What will it be? A box of chocolates? A dozen roses? Or might you offer her the very best Mother's Day gift you could possibly give your wife and that is to support your wife. It is not an easy job being a mother. If the children are screaming, talking back to your wife, their mother, and you let that go, fathers, and do not take responsibility and discipline those children because they are making mom's life hard, you are failing in your job. It doesn't matter how many roses you bring home on Mother's Day because mothers need support every day of the year. And you need to recognize that. Mothers are precious. They make the world go round because they are full of love, full of caring, full of gentleness. If it were possible to only have men on this world, it wouldn't be worth living. And that's what we have to fully recognize, that mothers play an absolute pivotal role in shaping and developing a child's full character. Mother's Day is special, so do something special for her. Spoil her for a day. But remember that the value of a good Christian mother is more valuable than gold, diamonds, and pearls. She should be honored and respected every single day. She should be encouraged. Often, she is the absolute delight of her children and the crowning glory of her husband. If she is God's kind of a woman, she will do awesome things for your family and for our world. So for that reason, men, I ask you to honor your mother. Honor your own mother. Honor the mother of your mother. Honor the mother of your children and be a man. Help her to be all that she can be as a mother and as a wife. Because if you have success, if you truly can support a good woman and do everything in your power to make your wife the best mother that she can be, if you succeed in that endeavor, you are going to be 
a very blessed man. But keep your children focused, mothers, on eternity, on living life in light of eternity. Because as the old saying goes, mother said there would be days such as we wish perhaps we weren't even born. Life can be hard, but mothers make it a whole lot easier. Your children will be blessed their whole lives from being nurtured by a godly, good mother. And so with that, to all the moms out there, I want to wish you an absolutely happy Mother's Day. And I personally wish to thank you for giving of yourself in so many sacrificial ways. You represent all the beauty of God's creation. I thank you for it. We honor you. We appreciate you. You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve Latour. Until next week, adieu.